than ever before. Can somebody say amen? amen. I, I want to see you stomping on the devil's head, chasing him back into the hole that he crawled out. I want you to be bro broken free from all the change and the bondage and the fear. I want you to reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. And more importantly, I want Jesus Christ's full potential to be realized in you. I want you not to live in regrets, remorse. I don't want you to hang it on to guilt, shame, or pain. I want you to be free by the blood of the Lamb through the word of your testimony because you did not love your life unto death. I want you to know today that there is no crucifixion without a resurrection. And if you'll go to the cross with Christ and be co-crucified with him, you will also co-resurrect with him and live the life, the power that God has intended for you. Now, as you come here each week, you come here so that you may receive Receive the, the, the word of God to enable you, empower you, strengthen you to be and to do all that God wants you to be and to do. Amen? No other agendas that we have in this house. God's will and God's will alone. So I need you to pray with me. Maybe you don't have need today, but maybe your neighbor does. And let me tell you what, we are our brother's keeper. We are the persons that are, we need to embrace and encourage and strengthen one another. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we magnify your name. Lord, I pray that you would get me entirely and completely out of your way. That, Lord, that your word may be heard. Lord, I believe that there are souls that weigh in the balance, Lord God, as we come together, Lord, and minister the word of truth. Lord, we don't need my politics, my opinions, Lord, my preferences. What we need is the profound anointing of your spirit to break every yoke, to open every eye, to cause the blind to see, the lame to walk, and the deaf to hear. Lord, I cannot present your word, Lord God. Lord, I can have a voice, but Lord God, there must be an ear to hear. And I'm asking, Lord, today, every distraction, every discouragement, Lord God, that has hindered your people to be destroyed. Let us hear your voice, understand the day in which we're living. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 I want you to look here in Daniel, the third chapter. Now, before we read this passage, let me give you a backstory. You got to rewind just a little bit, not far, but in Daniel 2. In Daniel 2, there was a, an instant where King Nebuchadnezzar, who was the highest positional worldly leader of that time, he had conquered other nations. He brought them under his domain. Let me preface that by saying the Lord allowed these things. And what happened is he has captured some of the young nobility from Jerusalem, Israel, and brought them into captivity. Of those is Daniel, which the book is written, uh, named. But then we also see that there was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We see those four that were mentioned there. But here, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and in that dream, he is so troubled and so moved by that, that he wants to assure that there is a real revelation or interpretation of that dream. So he gathers all of his magicians, his necromancers, all of his soothsayers, all that he has, he gathers them together, and he, he says, I want you to First off, tell me the dream and then tell me the interpretation. They're like, 
They didn't say it out loud, but they were thinking, you're crazy, king. There's nobody in any province, in any place could ever give this information. And he was so troubled by it that he said, okay, all of you are dead. Gather them up. We're going to kill every one of them. Now, word got back to Daniel, and Daniel's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait just a minute. <laughs> Can you give me just a moment just to stop and, and think about this and see what God has uh, and what the Lord would say and what this is? And so what happens now is they call Daniel in, and Daniel said, the Lord has given me the interpretation. He tells him the dream. He tells him the dream, and that dream was uh, uh, you saw a, a, an image, a statue, a, a large image there and on that image you see a gold head you see in that image you also see a, 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 a not just a golden head but you also see a, a, a another image which is the breast and the arms made of a, of a lower material and then you see the 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 you will see there the belly and the thighs made of brass the arms and the breast made of silver You'll see legs of iron, then you'll see feet and toes of iron and clay. He said, now this is the interpretation of that scripture, or that image, that vision that you had, that dream that you had. See, Nebuchadnezzar, you're the gold head. That is your kingdom. He said, but your kingdom will not last forever. There will be the Medes and the Persians that will come in, and they will take over your kingdom. And then there'll be an inferior kingdom that comes after that. That'll be the brass, and then there'll be the legs, and there'll be the, uh, uh, the feet of clay and iron mixed. See, now Nebuchadnezzar heard this. What does he do? He didn't embrace it, but in chapter 3, he goes out, and he doesn't create an image with a gold head and brass chest or silver chest and arms and a brass waist and, a, and iron legs and a clay. And, no, 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 no. No, he goes and creates an image now, and it's of solid gold. Hmm. Then he not only creates an image of solid gold, but he institutes a new unified religion. Every time that you hear the sound of all the instruments being played, then every person within the realm of his kingdom within his reach, now you have to bow to this new image, which is an idolatrous image, and not only that image, but you have to bow and you've got to worship that image. Now, does that sound a little bit familiar to the world in which we live today? Where there's a world religion and, the, and there's a worldliness and there's a world out there and they're saying to you, you've got to bow to worship. See, Nebuchadnezzar did not want to lose his power and his authority. So he made this golden image so that everybody may worship, so that he may not lose his position. Let me tell you what the devil is scared of today, and that is losing his position in your life. Now, as we look at that, I want you to look here, and let's begin reading. As Nebuchadnezzar gets word that everybody within his providence, everyone within his power, they are now not bowing. There are three persons that are not bowing before this image. Now, as we read this, what we understand is that Daniel, more than likely, was in a different uh, realm, different area, if you will. 
But we see here in chapter 3, verse 14, word gets back to Nebuchadnezzar, and he finds out that the three Hebrew children, three of the Hebrew children, they did not bow when the music was played. Now, as they gather them together, notice here in verse 14, it says, well, let's look at verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you're ready... At the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the, the sultry, the, the symphony, with all kinds of music, you will fall down and worship the image which I have made. Good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego answered and said, to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. He will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it's usually heated. And he commanded certain of the mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men who were bound in their coats and their trousers and their turbans and their other garments were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was so urgent that the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame, the, the fire kindled or killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astounded. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? And they answered and said, King, true, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt from the forehead. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Father, once more, I come before you. I ask for mercy. I ask for grace. I ask for the anointing that breaks yokes. I ask God for the anointing that softens hearts. I ask for the empowering of your spirit to communicate truth today. The Lord, resistance may, Father, find itself futile against the move of your spirit. Lord, we don't need service as usual, Lord. We need the spirit of the living God to move in us and through us. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your mercy. 
As you look here to the Word of God, what you find is that there is always a, a temptation and opportunity, always a temptation and opportunity to bow before the enemy. The world wants to make you like them. The enemy wants you to make them make you like him. He wants you to follow his decrees. He wants you to compromise. Because if he can get you to compromise, he can destroy you. He can stop you. He can prevent you from advancing yourself in the kingdom. And also, he can prevent others from advancing in the kingdom of God. As it has been said that evil will triumph when good people do nothing. That's all that evil needs in order to triumph. But we see here today that before Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were faced with this challenge, they had already committed themselves wholly to the Lord. The title of this morning's message is simply this, all in. All in. What is God looking for from you? He's looking for from you the same thing that he gave himself, and that is to be all in. You know what the Lord, he is all in on your cause. He is all in for you personally. God has given everything so that you could have everything, but in order to have everything, you must give everything. It is an all-in mentality that God is looking for. He wants to bring you to the place where you have given your whole heart to him because he has given his whole heart to you. So often we give tithe and we wonder, what is the tithe for? It's we give God the first of our increase. Why do we give God the first of our increase? Because God gave us his first first. Amen? Hmm. So as we look here, what we see is that there the king Nebuchadnezzar brings the children of Israel to the place, or, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three Hebrew children, brings them in and says, now if you're ready, I'm going to give you one more chance to go ahead and bow and worship this image. I'm going to give an exclusive deal to you today. See, I'm, I'm going to give you just a little bit of pardon here right now. I just need you to bow. I, let me tell you, the enemy will always give you another opportunity to bow. If you didn't bow the first time, he'll just, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Bring him up here. Bring him up here. Now, now, are you ready? I'm ready. You ready? Okay, they're going to, you're going to hear the sound and we're going to do this thing all over again. You didn't get in the first time. Let's get in now. You go ahead and bow because the music's plague. And that's what the enemy is after. Let me say to you, there's a whole lot of folks that you will encounter and they'll always love you as long as you're doing what they want to do. You'll always find that individuals love you to death until you start doing things they don't want you to do. So they ask you, let's... You know, hey, you missed that, that party last night. There's another party going on. Come on and go with me. The moment that I stood up for Christ and said no more of that, my friends, I didn't have to worry about running them off. They just kind of scattered. <laughs> Disappeared like, where did they go? <laughs> friends all my life, and now they're gone. But let me say to you, before you'll be challenged with the furnace, you got to be ready for that furnace. Let me talk to just a little bit about the pre-furnace before you get to the furnace. See, there was a mind made up before that event ever took place. That was, 
that was a, a, a mind made up of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, they were not the only Israelites in Babylonian captivity. They were not the only Israelites in that crowd that day. But they are the ones that, who decided we're going to make a stand today. We're going to stand up for what we know is right, and we're not going to compromise we're going to stand up at a place because we are all in. Before you face the furnace, you got to be all in before you get to the furnace. Before you get to the furnace, it, it is a life of devotion. Pre-furnace equals devotion. If I kneel when no one is looking, if I'm kneeling before the Lord when no one is looking, I will find the strength to stand when everybody is looking. If you want the strength on your workplace to stand for God, then you've got to kneel. Because depending upon where I bend and bow will determine where I stand and sit. If I bend and bow before the Lord long before I ever get to that place, I'm going to find the strength I need. But if what happens to the church when they stop bending and bowing before the Lord daily? In your face with a furnace, the next thing you know, compromise comes in and you're not standing anymore because you don't want to go into that furnace. Let me tell you, Jesus is all in. We need to be all in. And we begin a pre-furnace. We make up our mind that we're not going. We're not going to bow faced with that challenge. And it'll be something greater than our will, but our will must be involved. We are in partnership with Christ, and now he lives inside of here. But so, students, before you walk on that campus, make up your mind that you're all in. Let me say to those of you who are laboring out there in the workplace, let me encourage you, make up up your mind before you get there let me say to the worshipers make up your mind that you're going to worship long before you get to the house make up your mind I'm all in oh you ask for too much let me tell you you won't say that when you take your last breath where I bend and bow will determine the life that I lead if I kneel when no one is looking I will find strength to stand when everybody's looking now they responded to Nebuchadnezzar I said there's no need to answer you what that means is we have no need to defend ourselves let me tell you what a devoted heart no longer finds a need to defend themselves when you're devoted you don't have to be on the, the defense you don't have to worry about what others are saying about you and what they're bringing against you or the, or the lies they may be telling or the agreement or the disagreement. You don't have to worry about that. When you're devoted to the Lord, when you're devoted to the Lord, you're not on the defense anymore because you have no need to defend you. You're a dead man walking. You are now no longer bending and bowing to the enemy because you've already bent and bowed before the Lord. And you said, God, this is not my life. It's your life. And whatever you want, I have surrendered to you. We have no need to defend ourselves. When it comes to Calvary and the cross and the pursuit of the Lord Jesus Christ, I have no need to defend myself. 
I have no need to defend the fact that we are on mission, and our mission is to reach a lost and dying generation for the, God, for the cause of the heart of the living God. We have no need to apologize for the fact that we are after you, your children, your grandchildren, your great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren, every generation to follow. Because God loves you and loves your children, so I stand here before you today and I say to you, no defense, I say God is on the offense and he is saying to you, I want all of you because I want to give you all of me. Mm. Yes, preach it, preacher. Devotion relieves me from defending. I don't have any need to defend myself, Nebuchadnezzar. Let me say to you, Nebuchadnezzar, he is able, but even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, let me tell you to my dying day, I'm going to preach as God gives me the strength, revival. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it with all of my heart, passion. I'm going to pour all my, I, I put it all on, I, no backing up, no backing away, no being still. I just, I'm just going to put it all on the line and say, God, I've crossed over. I've crossed the Rubicon. I've, I've, I've drawn the line in the sand. I've moved over to the other side. Let me tell you why I can say that today. It's because Jesus Christ is coming. Jesus Christ is coming. He is coming for a bride who is without spot or wrinkle, who has prepared herself for her bridegroom. Let me say to you today, God is after you. The Lord's mind is made up. I've asked God to put my face like a flint. Now God has given me a rare gift. Some of it doesn't, some people may not think it's a gift. God has given me a skull about that thick. I'm a hardhead. That doesn't always work to my advantage, but when I put it in the Lord's hand, it will work to advantage. Let me say to you, let God help you make up your mind. I will raise my children to know God. I will raise the next generation to know the Lord. I will be sweet in my countenance. I will be encouraging in my attitude. I will live for God. I have made up my mind, Nebuchadnezzar. You can slay me if you want to. You can burn me all day long. Go get the stakes. Here, I'll carry the wood with you. But I will not bow to addiction anymore. I will not bow to depression anymore. I will not bow to the self-hatred anymore. I will not bow to fear anymore. I will not bow. Where does that come from? It comes from the fact that you've made up your mind before you ever got to the furnace. Because you live a life of devotion. Now, okay boys, you don't want to do it my way? I give you the easy out, but you wouldn't take it. You crank that thing up seven times hotter 
than it was ever been heated before. You go ahead and stoke the fire because these boys are going in there. Bind them up, wrap them up, and throw them in there. Let me tell you what the enemy wants to do. He wants to wrap you up, bind you up, and throw you off uh, in the midst of the furnace. Uh, he thinks he's got you, by a tiger by the tail. He thinks he has you right where he wants you. Uh, but I believe that there are those in this house today. You are looking at that line, uh, and you're about to step over. And when you step over, your life is going to change. Uh, your generation that follow you, they're going to change. God is going to move in you and through you. Seven times hotter. Oh, I made a horrible, horrible decision yesterday. I decided right in the hottest part of the day to crawl up in the attic and do some electrical work. It was seven times hotter than it was at seven in the morning. Let me just say to you, I'm not always the sharpest tool in the shed. Just glad I'm in the shed. It's when you get out, it's when you get in trouble. But anyway, I crawl up there. It's hot. My brain is melting. It's smelting. It's just, don't do this. It's not wise. I used to have an, uh, uh, an insulation business, and I'd get up in the attics, and I'm conditioned to heat, but it's been a while since I've been in an attic. So it's hot. And things are melting away. I drank water. I drank water and I drank more water because I just kept pouring it out. It looked like a faucet just running. What was the point of that? I don't know. I'm just bringing you in on my suffering. Okay. <laughs> just giving you what hot looks like. Seven times hotter. Let me tell you. There are times where this is a message in itself. Sometimes if you got to want to go deep, you got to turn up the heat. And what I mean by that is this. There are things that are so deeply rooted in my character that the only way God can get it out is whenever I find myself in a furnace. The only way that that surfaces where it should so that it can be removed is there's heat involved. And me, I like air conditioning. Amen. I, I, I like to sit in the comfort of the cool, but that's not always the point. Notice, I want you to notice here in verse 21. They bound them up, and the Bible says, and I love, as you look at the Word of God and a student of the Word, so many times you've you got to look at it, and not just what God doesn't say, but so often the things that he puts in there. They bound them in their turban. You go ahead and pull that up, Derek. They bound them in their turban, their robes, their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments. Why would the Lord put that off in there? Why would he put that in there? Well, you've got to back up and realize on a historical basis, the reason why they had that apparel there is because in Daniel 2, whenever Daniel interpreted the dream, guess what? There came a promotion. And whenever he was promoted, he was promoted as now the governor over all of Babylon. And he answered to the king. Well, but in that, he also, in turn, he elevated Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and gave them positions. And with that position, they were given a royal apparel so that when you saw them, just like you see a police officer, you see a, an, an arm, a, a, a soldier dressed in their uniform, you would know exactly what their position was. You could see the stripes on their shoulder. You could see their, their badge. You would know who they were. 
But let me tell you what devotion will do. Devotion will not compromise just to maintain a position. If we are devoted to the Lord, it doesn't matter what position we may hold or have in the kingdom of God. We just will not, or in the world, we will not compromise for the basis of position. Oh, when Daniel was there, devotion will not put position over dedication. When you're dedicated to the Lord, you will find that God will take care of you. But if you put position and you put popularity and you put the crowds above the will and the word of God, let me tell you, you may have a full room, but you will have an empty heart. Because the only way for hearts to be filled is there must be an overflowing of the Spirit of God. Cannot. Church of the living God. We cannot, and I'm not talking about being overly obnoxious for the purpose of being obnoxious. Not saying that there's not some critique in areas that we could improve. Let me tell you, if you don't like me now, just hold on. I'm always improving. God's helping me. But let me say, we will not compromise what God has in store for this house for the sake of popularity. We will not violate or get away from the written word of God and what we know to be his will in order to appease and accommodate a crowd. God didn't send me here to give you what you want. He sent me here to give you what you need. And what you need is more of Jesus. What I need is more of Jesus. What the world needs is more of Jesus. What the world needs is more of the reflection of Christ. What the world needs is more of the, of the touch of the living God. Notice there that they were bound there in their royal apparel because devotion, in all in devotion, will not compromise that dedication to the Lord for position. This won't do it. Now you notice there. Notice the men, the mighty men that brought Daniel, or brought Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They brought them to the furnace. And the fire leaped. I, it's, I just tried to imagine this. Okay, there's an image set up, and it's 60 foot tall, or 90 foot tall, 9 feet wide. Now, granted, it's probably not com- total gold. It's been, it, it's been created stone, and it's been covered gold-plated. But where it was positioned in that, that plane, there, it could literally, on a sunny day, be seen for 13 miles away. With the glistening of the sun as it hits it. But you know, they're, they're not going to go get a furnace way off in Never Never Land and, and, and try to hewn those stones and, and, or that the brick and the mortar, whatever they put in there in order to create that image. No, they fired those bricks. They fired those bricks right there on the spot. And so right there, that furnace that made that image is sitting right next, in my opinion, right next to to that image. And as they, they are there, the Nebuchadnezzar could see from his throne, he could look over and he could see what was going on. 
But what we noticed there is that there were some men, some mighty men, some chosen men, some ones that were dedicated to, the, to taking the children, the three Hebrew children, and throwing them in the furnace. There were three of them. And now there's mighty men, and they're carrying them over, and the furnace has been heated. They're about to throw them off in there. Now, somewhere they had to get close enough to push them on in because I don't think anybody in their right mind would jump off in there by themselves. Are you thinking about this? So now they're bound. Where's the mighty men? If I had a mighty man, I'd get him over here. And now all of a sudden, that fire leaps out, licks them. They're dead. And now the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fall down. Have you ever thought about that? Just the logistics of it? They fall down in the furnace. Let me say to you, right now the ones that you fear that are trying to throw you in the furnace, those that take you there, they can't keep you there. Those that, that bring in the temptation before you to bow and to compromise, those spirits that are there controlling those individuals, that are there dragging you over, that fear that's telling you you should have bowed, you had the chance, but you didn't do it. In other words, you're going off in the furnace. That very thing that you fear, the ones, the stronghold of the enemy that's kind of gripped your heart, now they, they brought you over to the edge of the furnace. And let me tell you, the ones that have bound you and the ones that are leading you they may bring you to the furnace but let me tell you they can't keep you in the furnace because you don't belong to them amen mm -mm. it just gets gooder and gooder those who force me in the furnace are powerless to keep me in the furnace I may have gone in under someone else's control but I will be coming out under the Lord's control Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. They, they went inbound. They, they went inbound, and, and Nebuchadnezzar, the one who created the image, had the furnace, put the fire, made the command. Wait a minute. He was the first to declarate and uh, make the declaration. Look, they went inbound, but something has happened. They're loose. They fell down bound, but now they're up walking around in the furnace. Wow. I don't know about you, but let me tell you, compromise will try to convince you that God is going to forsake you in the midst of the temptation. He's going to try to destroy you with those thoughts to keep you bowing. Fear wants nothing more for you to stop what you're doing, and fear wants to keep you bound. Let me tell you, every person that, bow, that bowed, bent and bowed to that image, they were bound in their spirits. Now, let me tell you, children of Israel, they went into that furnace and they were free, no longer bound. Let me tell you a situation I was in. I've shared this, but I'm going to share it with somebody else. The alcohol was a, was a killer in my family. It was an absolute killer in my family. My father was an alcoholic. My grandfather was an alcoholic. My dad was a drug addict. I was a drug addict. It was just on and on and on. So, people always come to me with well, alcohol is not that big, de big a deal. I say, great, then quit. <laughs> it's no big deal. Well, good. Because that no big deal, can you just quit? Just stop doing it. 
But it was always a linchpin. It's always something grabbed hold of me and pulled me back into the world. I'd get close to God, and then, then temptation would come along, and I'd just... Some people say I didn't like the taste of beer. I like the taste of beer. Cold beer, that was... Slam them down. I could put 12 down and that quick. But it never did me any good. Never helped me in any way. I'll just like a little wine for the stomach's sake. Let me tell you, if you've got stomach trouble, get some Pepto. <laughs> well, it's a culture. Let me tell you, there's a world culture too. Don't make it right. There's a world culture that says uh, out there that it is destructive. Let me tell you, it's not going to bring any good. I watched firsthand what drugs and alcohol will do to a person and how it destroys lives. I don't want you to be subject to those things. But here we are. I'm working on a workplace. Working in a, we worked long hours and I was out working in this electromechanical place. We were tearing down some equipment and it was late. It was one of those rust jobs where everybody had to be on deck. So we go to the warehouse, we're tearing down this equipment because we have this rust job that has to be delivered, has to be in the boxes for, to send off to, to who knows what because our boss is there driving us. And so as we're in this workplace and it's hot, man, it's, it's like summer, 120 degrees, Texas kind of hot. And so it, it, we've been working in this all day. We're getting late into the night. I'm tired. I'm thirsty. There's not a breath of air in the warehouse that we're in. And our boss decides to reward us. He brings cases of beer and flops them down. Man, the guys broke loose and I'm so thirsty. I'm like, I'm thirsty now. Is there some water in here? My gosh. Oh, it's a drink. That's all I need. Whew. I made myself thirsty talking about this. So here we are, and the guys are gathered together, and they're just popping the tops. So I'm not going to go over there and drink, so I just keep working. I just keep working and working. And there was that temptation. Who's he going to hurt? What's it going to matter? Just go over there and join the crowd. They're not going to think less of you if you just drink one beer. My problem was is I never drank one beer. I'm usually quit at the case because I was a case. Are you hearing me? And so I'm there, and it's just, just go on and just, just take a drink. It's just early on in my Christian walk. I'd only been saved just a few weeks. But I had devoted myself to the Lord, and so I'm, I'm giving my heart, I'm, I'm all in. I told the Lord, this time will be the last time I'm all in. In fact, I, I think the Lord told me, this time will be your last time. So I got all in. I put it all on the line. I said, God, it is you and you alone. But now I'm faced with a furnace. But I devoted myself to the Lord to be all in. So I'm at this furnace. I'm drinking the beers and I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. And just kept working I kept working, and I kept working, and I said, Lord, if I die of thirst, I am not touching that stuff, and I kept working. You know what the boss did? He looked up. He said, you bunch of degenerates. Y'all need to get over there and start working like Sanders is because you're a bunch of lazy things over here getting drunk on beer. Let's get back to work. Now, what happened as a result of that, I now had the ear of those sinners 
and I could share my faith with them because they saw in a compromising position I would stand my ground. Let me tell you what the world is looking for. They don't want you to be like them. They want you to be like Jesus. They may rail against you. They may be, but see, that was my position of furnace. That was a furnace I did not create, but it was there waiting on me. But the fact that I wouldn't bow, now all of a sudden I had an ear. And what you notice there is that when you will stand up for the Lord, he will step in with you. What wasn't visible in your life before will now become visible. He will become visible as you stand up for God. And you. he will step into your furnace and he will reveal him. Himself. Let me tell you what the world wants to sell you is a bill of goods saying, no, daddy, it's okay to keep going the direction you're going. And I'm telling you, it is not. You must stand up for God. And if you stand up for God, he will step into that furnace with you. And what bounds you going in will not bound you anymore. Come on. It's an all in. Was it scary for me? Yes. Did I not want to hear the ridicule of my co-workers? Yes. Did I have to be around these heathens every day? Yes. But you know what? As they were, we were there working at that place for several years, I worked there as a young Christian, learning and devoting and giving myself to God. And God calls me into ministry. We start ministering. All those guys that were in that room, before it was all said and done, there was only a handful of them left. Because we kept going through layoffs and layoffs and layoffs and layoffs. Let me tell you, worker, your boss will have more respect for you if you have commitment than you do if you go through all the compromising situations and just follow the crowd. They'll choose a person over character than they will over compromise every time. But the message this morning is this, all in. You got to be all in before you face the furnace. That furnace was not of their making. It was hot and it was threatening. And I'm not telling you it's not scary. I'm telling you that church many times is not, is not just always a, a, a comfort in a, in, in a joy. Not everybody agrees about everything. That's all right. We serve one God, and he's got it all in control, and he'll guide us in the direction we need to go. But one thing that the Lord has spoken to me in prayer is that, son, you have no choice but to keep going forward and to presenting truth in the way that I tell you to present truth. There's no only one direction you need to go, and that's to Calvary. Because, folks, let me tell you, we're coming at the last of the last of the last days. There were three Hebrew children that decided that day, we will not bow to your image. We will not go with the way of the world. Somebody needs to hear this. You have been called in your workplace to be a witness for God. You have been called into a position because God has put you there so that you may not live in compromise, but you may face that temptation. Let me say to you that the eyes of the Lord, the Bible says, for the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro over the all the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is fully devoted to him. The Lord is looking to strongly support you. But you notice there what happens 
as he calls them out, he said, look, we put four of them in, we put three of them in there, and that furnace has multiplied. Is my, you take three, you put them in, you should have three. I'm sure Nebuchadnezzar was probably wondering, why are they not ash now? My strong men were destroyed, sticking them in there. Now, we, there's, there's four. We should have had a, a, a complete annihilation of them, a cremation, uh, before they ever... Don't you need to be dead before you're cremated? But now there should be some cremains there. They should be vapors of smoke. There's four of them in there. Four! If they'd have taken ten that stood and threw them in there, then there would be eleven. If they took 20 that would stand and throw them in there, they'd be 21. If they threw 100, they'd be 101. What am I telling you? Anywhere that you go into a furnace, God will go with you. You're not in that furnace by yourself. They brought them out. You read the rest of the story. These boys don't even smell like smoke. Let me tell you. Just because folks don't smell like smoke don't mean they hadn't never been in the furnace. Just because they have a smile on their face and joy is overflowing, let me tell you, it doesn't mean that they hadn't had some struggles and some furnaces they had to go through. Let me tell you, there's victory if you'll stand up for God. There's victory if you'll say, God, I want your way and not my way. I want what you want, and that's all I want. Let me say to you as your pastor, I just want God. I want God in you, in me, in this house, in this community, in this surrounding area. I want to see the Lord flowing in abundance. Now, this is the beautiful part of the story. For those of you that may be nervous that I'll never close, I'm going to close with this point. I'm getting hungry too. Verse 27. Let's just read it. Verse 27. No, this is verse 29. This is Nebuchadnezzar. Therefore I make a decree... That any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made as ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. And then the king promoted... The king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego in the province of Babylon. Let me tell you what devotion will bring to you. Promotion. Devotion will bring the promotion. But you know what devotion will also cause you to do? Cause you not to give a rip about the promotion. Because ultimately... You're devoted. But what you do realize with the promotion is that the reason God promoted you was to preserve the kingdom. 
The reason God promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was to save the nation of Israel so that the nation of Israel could fulfill the task that was set before them. And that would be to usher in the Son of God. He was preserving that nation so that all nations might be preserved. If you have a position today, it's because God has promoted you. And that promotion has only come through your devotion. If you want promotion, start devoting yourself to God. And he will lead you to a place where you can celebrate when others have succeeded. You can live in a place where you don't care who gets the credit as long as God is glorified. You can get to the place where you're not trying to grab at someone else and trying to raise on the corporate ladder of the world because you're trying to accomplish something. You're just glad that God is with you no matter where you're at because you've devoted yourself to the Lord. Daddies, hear me. Mothers, hear me. The greatest thing that you can do for your children is to devote yourself to God. Amen? You know, we could eat quicker if I'd wrap this thing up. I want you to do something. You've been stand, sitting a little bit. I want you to stand. We're going to take communion in just a moment. Got some important announcements. Please don't leave just yet. I'm going to ask you right now to, as you're standing there, Let the Lord begin to probe your heart, begin to reach in in those areas. Maybe there's been some compromise. You say, I've lost my witness to my kids, to my spouse, to the coworkers. Can I start over? Can I start afresh? Can I stand today? Let me encourage you. You can. You can if you will get all in and give all to God today. He will be all in with you and he will guide you. And right now, heads are bowed. No one's looking around. We're going to take communion in just a moment. But if you're in this place and you needed this message, I want you right now with an uplifted hand to say, God, I'm devoting my heart to you. 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 Now, would you help me today? Every person in this room, just lift your hands, both, both hands up to the Lord. Both hands up to the Lord. Right now, we're going we're gonna to just make this, uh, we're going to make an altar right there where we're at. And we're going to say, Lord Jesus, we commit ourselves wholly to you. We dedicate ourselves to do what's right through your power and strength we devote our hearts our future our family to you in Jesus name
Father, I ask your blessing upon this house, upon this congregation, Lord God, upon, Lord God, this city and this nation. Lord, I ask, Father, that you will move in a mighty way and that, Father, our eyes may be fixed upon your will and that, Lord, we have the strength of your power to stand in the times, Lord God, when we're facing those furnaces. But, Lord, let us see, Almighty God, that there is such strength and power, Lord, that if we're facing a furnace, we can be assured that you will be there. If we're facing a furnace, we can be assured, Lord God, that we're going to be loose, Lord God. And we can rest assured, Lord God, in that furnace, Lord, that we, Lord God, will be free, Father God, from the, Lord, the strong arm of the enemy, Lord, as we enter in, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. You can be seated. I'm going to ask the ushers to come, our worship team, to come and help us. We're going to take communion this day. This is an open communion, and so today I want to encourage you. As you have dedicated yourself to the Lord, let's just believe God today that his hand is upon you. Come. Gentlemen, if you will, go ahead. Ushers and distribute the emblems today. Stir a passion in my heart, God, let it
stir a passion in my heart, God. Let it overflow, let it overflow. Stir a passion in my heart, God. Let it text then Jesus said to them most assuredly I say to you unless you eat the flesh of the son of man drink his blood you have no life in you whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day for my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I am I in him. Now as you look at that, you think, is the Lord instituting cannibalism? No. He's speaking hyperbole, or metaphorically. He's showing us the commitment they were arguing about the bread that fell from heaven the manna he's explaining to them he was the manna that brought them life 